Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. Along with Brendan Escott, we're just going to negotiate contact here with Rob Brown. We will tell you that Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had, Edmonton owned and operated, open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 19990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan Maggie Taylor and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. And uh, Rob Brown today will be our headliner for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training and is taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. Brendan, do you have Rob? Not as of yet. Negotiating okay. contact. Can we get him on a phone line if the Opal isn't working you right now? You. Working on all right. We'll uh, we'll work that. You can text us again at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. This text comes in to say, Bob, Ethan Bear has been good all series. Russell has been good most of the series. Benning has been fine in his role. Larson was not doing much very well, uh, but his play on Kane was solid. Impressive. Nurse selling out the body, but him and Clefbaum are playing like it's summer league. If the orders don't move on, look to the back end. Where is there any offense coming from the D? Defensive play has been uh, shoddy as well. Uh, well, I think there's a direct, I mean, they haven't had a lot of, they haven't generated a lot of offense from their defense. Chicago has had a surprising amount. And I mean, Kuko blasted one past, uh, unimpeded. There was nobody in front of Koskinen on that one. The deflection goals, a lot of people would say, uh, you know what? You gotta, the forwards have gotta get out there and get in front of box. And again, the obvious one to everybody in the building was the 3-3 goal, which, Frankly, I got really frustrated with Sheehan didn't get there, and then Cassian, who's was pulled off the penalty kill because he, he doesn't block shots effectively. It, it's an art, and it takes courage. And um, there's some, you know, remember, think of Sean Horkoff game. What was it against Detroit? Game five in Detroit, he blocked the puck with his head at the end of the game. I mean, that's the degree of sacrifice uh, you need. Let's bring aboard our inside the game analyst, uh, Rob Brown. Rob, how you doing? Would you believe we just lost him? Literally just now. Okay. Uh, well, we're struggling a bit right now. Uh, make it happen, Brennan. Uh, this text comes in from Steve. Edmonton brags too much about the Oilers' uh, stats throughout the year. Why not admit the Hawks are just better than a te- two-player uh, team like the Oilers from Steve? Um, they were certainly better in game one. Yesterday's game could have gone either way. Experience. Experience plays a factor. All right, Rob, how you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Is Chicago better than Edmonton, in your opinion? No, no, they're not. I think Edmonton has a better team. I think Chicago right now is playing their game uh, a little bit better than Edmonton's playing the game that they want to play. But uh, Edmonton is a better team than they've shown. I think Chicago is playing to their uh, to the top of their limitations right now. Um. 
you know, the, the Hawks, and I, I've talked a bit about a, a stat that's known as expecting goals, and some would say that's kind of puck luck. And, uh, you know, like during the course of the season, the Hawks gave up uh, the highest grade scoring opportunities in the league, but because they had a top 10 save percentage, they were middle of the pack in goals against. In this series, expecting goals would suggest that maybe Chicago would have five fewer goals. But the Oilers haven't gotten in front. Like, the Oilers have made Chicago's defense look good, too, because they haven't sold out. They haven't blocked enough shots. And those are the sort of things, Rob, you got to do come playoff time, aren't they? You, you certainly do. I, I think that the Chicago Blackhawks have done a really good job of simplifying their game. Uh, they know what they need to do. They, they're not going to outskill the Edmonton Oilers. But what they're doing right now, they get the puck in the offense. Well, first they get the puck at red line, they dump it in. They yep. jump and chase. They're not trying to beat the defenseman. They don't want to turn the puck over in the neutral zone. They don't want to give the Leon and the Connors and the RNHs a short right. So they are uh, dumping pucks in. Then once they get the puck, they're getting it back to point. They're crashing the net. Everyone on the ice knows that as soon as the puck goes to the defenseman, he's going to try and put it on net. Well, now you got three bodies going to the net. You got screens. You got tips. You got uh, guys. When 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 you put chaos in front of a net. You see what happens where pucks go in off of Chris Russell. Pucks go in off of Ethan Bear because there's chaos. You as a defenseman don't see the puck come in sometimes because you're trying to find your man. The Blackhawks have done a good job of that. The Oilers, on the other hand, uh, in the neutral zone, they aren't taking advantage of having a better team speed and not taking advantage of the deficiencies that the Blackhawks have, which is on the back end. They're not getting pucks in deep. They're not chipping and chasing. They're not getting pucks down below the goal line and taking advantage of the weakness of the Blackhawks. Therefore, to me, the Blackhawks have done a much better job with what with their game plan than the Oilers have done with theirs. Rob, is part of the Chicago, Chicago's elite players have an experience and then translating that down to some of the younger players, Kirby Doc does not look like a first-year NHL player out there. Like, he looks like, and, and, and let's think of the situation Kirby was in in Saskatoon. All due respect to Colin Priestner and Dan Tenser, they both might be listening to the show right now. The fact of the matter is, Kirby was taking a pocket knife into a gunfight last year against Prince Albert in the playoffs. He was a one-man band in that series, and they targeted him, and they played him tough, and he had to fight through that. And I contrast that with Jack Hughes, who played on a glorified all-star team with the U.S. National Development Program. But Kirby goes to Chicago. He lives with Seabrook. He's, you know, he gets to watch Jonathan Taze. Those guys have won three cups. Like, he just, like, I look at some of their younger guy. Now, Strom's a different story because he can't skate. But I'm looking at some of Chicago's players, and I just wonder how much it, it's different having that great leadership and, and knowledge and, and veteran savvy and experience and, and uh, championship pedigree, how that helps Chicago's players. And the Oilers are lacking in that regard. Well, it certainly helps. Uh, I, I know that when I was a young player in the league, I, I looked up to certain players that had been around and had success before. And great leaders are ones that want to impart their wisdom on you. They want you to be better. They want to help you. There's no jealousy about, oh, you're going to take my job at some point. They know that the more success the team has, the better it is for everyone, and they go out of the way. Jonathan Taves is a, one of the best captains in National Hockey League history and international history. He's a great leader, and he takes it upon himself to do everything and shows it, uh, I mean, leads by example. So it's only going to draw the younger players along. The Black, like Everyone's looking at the experience of the Blackhawks. They're still a very younger, young team. I think they're the youngest team. They are the youngest or, team in the tournament, yes. Yeah, so 
they, that means the leadership becomes that much more important. And you talk about Kirby Doc. I've been amazed and impressed by the type of game that he brings. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to have the top talent offensive numbers that maybe somewhat expect out of a top three player, but he certainly brings all the intangibles. And he leans on the bigger players on the other team, and he makes smart plays, and he plays in all situations. So, yeah, obviously having a Taves and a Kane and a Keith that have been there before and a Crawford, they've seen everything. There's nothing that you can surprise them by. And right now I think the Blackhawks realize that you know, they have not had the success in the playoffs in a few years. And they feel right now that maybe this is our chance. Maybe this is that one flash in the pan that we can get one more little bit of a run and I would imagine their best game of the series is going to come tomorrow and the Oilers are certainly going to have to have their best as well. Are they playing with house money and is all well, pressure on Edmonton? Well it's the same as Montreal yes uh, there's there's no expectation of Chicago or Montreal moving to the second round not nobody thought that was going to happen and I've played in both situations I've been on teams that have been favorites I've been on teams with that have been underdogs it is way easier to play mentally and physically when you're the underdog because if something goes sideways, it, you don't have the whole world falling down on your shoulders because, you know what, we weren't supposed to be here anyways. So, I, I, yeah, the underdog role is the perfect role for the Chicago Blackhawks, and they've been playing it to a tee. I'm fairly confident, Rob, that as the Oilers progress here, as they transition the likes of a Broberg and a Bush, and I'm not, you know, people are going to say, hey, you're getting ahead of yourself. Like, I'm not going to be totally freaked out by whatever happens either way because I'm just looking at the lack of offense being generated from Edmonton. Right now they've got what, what, what when they're back on D, we know that Bear's going to get the puck out of the zone. Uh, we know that uh, Benning's going to make the right play at the opposition blue line nine times out of ten. Uh, you know what I'm saying here? Like, there's a limit to some of the offensive upside that Edmonton has, and Chicago's has been surprising. Um, oh, for sure it's been surprising. I mean, there's a few players on the back end for the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, Chicago's defense was supposed to be their weakness yeah. coming into this series. And but the Oilers have the, kind of made them look good. You know what I mean? I, because, I agree. The, the yeah. times where Edmonton has, made, has taken advantage of the, the Blackhawks' defense is when the Oilers, the, the, the Neal line gets pucks in down deep and just gets physical on them. Right. It's when uh, Leon gets the puck down below the hash mark and starts using his physical strength to just out-muscle the Chicago defenseman and then make plays. Where the Oilers uh, have failed is by not getting the puck there more often. They try to beat them at the blue line. Well, the Blackhawks are lining up at the blue line. said, all right, you're going to try and beat us here, or you're going to have to beat all of us. When you don't, you know, they're not stretching the defense of the Chicago Blackhawks by putting the puck into an area where now it's a one-on-one battle. When it's a one-on-two battle or a one-on-three battle as the others are coming up ice, you're playing into the Blackhawks' hand. When you make it a one-on-one battle below the hash mark, now you have the advantage because the others are bigger and stronger and can be more physical. But the others in game two, they were that, and they dominated at times. In game one and three, they didn't, and that allowed Chicago to stay in the games. All right, let's get to some particulars here. Who would you start in goal in game four? Would you come back with Koskinen? I, I, I said this last night. I would go with whichever goaltender they feel can win them game five. That's who they play in game four as well. I, whoever you play on Friday, you have to play on Saturday. You don't play, you don't save a goalie for, for the game five and rest them. You, whoever's playing playing both games. Uh, I, I have a feeling Tippett will go with, with Mike Smith. 
but I've been wrong every time I predicted what Tippett's going to do. All right. Uh, Adam Larson, uh, by the way, the Oilers uh, head coach Dave Tippett has just wrapped up a media availability. Not surprisingly, Tyler Innes is uh, done. Uh, That was a nasty collision with Doc. Um, We're not sure where the health is at from Nygaard. He hasn't played since January the 28th against Calgary, Rob, uh, dealing with that uh, uh, wrist surgery. Uh, So who would you put in there for... Uh, for Ennis, and remember the orders are down, that's a left wing, and they've got a couple right shot options like Patrick Russell and Gaetan Haas, and then Nygaard's a left shot. Um, I would I would move Neil up to play with McDavid, I'd move RNH down to play with Drysaddle, and I would put Russell on the fourth line with Chase on, uh, and Kara, and play it on, on his offside, and then have a, that would be your big strong physical line. Okay, well, I, I actually think the way this series is gone, I think a player like Patrick Russell can succeed because I look no further to what Highmore, Carpenter, and David Kampf have done for Chicago. They've been a very effective fourth line. Are you concerned about Zach Cassian at all? Um, I don't know if concerned. I, I, I'm expecting that he'll be better. He hasn't been good in this series, and he's a guy that can make a big difference in this series. As you just talked about Highmore, I mean, you've noticed that kid. I had no idea who he was ever. And he's been noticeable every time he stepped on the ice. Cassian has not been noticeable. And Cassian has to be noticeable to be an effective hockey player. How many times when you played back in the day did you chirp a guy and say, who are you on the ice? <laughs> uh, at the beginning of my career all the time. At the end of the career, they were saying that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you were a guy that got 49 goals one season, Rob. That's Give yourself some credit there. All right, uh, Rob, we look forward to having you on tomorrow. Thanks for your time, man. Uh, all right, take care, Bob. Thanks a lot. That is Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network. And Rob Brown is our headliner today for Touchback Safety. Touchback remains open for training. They're taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. So, Brendan, just to recap what Rob had to say there, he would put Neil, did he say Neil and Cassian with McDavid? And then R&H uh, back with Leon and Yamamoto. And then he would play, I guess, Athens U, Archibald and Shane together. And then he'd have Russell and Chase on uh, with Kara. That's, I believe. And I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, we've had a couple texts suggest that as well. And I do think there's a chance you could see Patrick Russell play. He's, uh, I know he's impressed the, uh, the coach over the course of, he didn't score a goal, but you know exactly what you're going to get out of him, shift on shift. Kevin Fiala, it, there's no score in the Minnesota-Vancouver game. Uh, they're five minutes in. Kevin Fiala is all over the puck for the uh, Minnesota Wild. We'll take a timeout. It is 12.48 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30, Chad. Zach could be the first guy to tell you he needs to be better, needs to find a way to impact the series. Let's go to the Oilers Now injury report at 12.52 for James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. You know, talking about players in a comfort level, uh, comfort uh, zone and changing and altering their game. Uh, when Trent Brown from James H. Brown played at the University of Alberta, he was a cornerback in the Deion Sanders model. Like, at that level, he was that fast. And he didn't hit anybody. Okay, he was not a big banger on the corner. Uh, Jim Donlevy, who has since uh, passed away, would deploy Trent as a return specialist. He was incredible, and also as a wide receiver. So he literally was like the Deion Sanders of uh, of 
Canada West football at that time. But when he went to play in the CFL, they made him a safety. And Trent became a hellacious open field hitter as a safety. And it shows you, guys can grow and evolve and change their roles. All right, to the injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. All right, well, we, uh, we just heard from Dave Tippett again. Tyler Ennis out indefinitely unfit to play. It is definitely a lower body issue there. Adam Larson, uh, no update from the team on that front. Capitals D-man, Norris Trophy candidate John Carlson, a game time decision for their game against Philadelphia. That gets going right as we wrap things up on today's show. Uh, same status going around the league right now has been given to Michael Furland. He's not on the ice, will not be with the Canucks for the remainder of this season against the Wild. Again, he's unfit. And Stars defenseman John Klingberg did not play against Colorado last night. Neither did Ben Bishop, both with that same generic unfit label. All right, uh, there you go. Let's get to some text on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. we got time for four minutes. This text comes in from Brad. Bob, so if the Oilers lose the series, they draft uh, 14th or 15th, but if Chicago wins, they draft 9th. Chicago was 12 points behind but had an equal chance to make the playoffs. This return to play was a total hose job for the Oilers and Penguins, says Brad. Absolutely ridiculously unfair to those two franchises at the expense of two original six large market teams. The lack of analysis by the media is embarrassing as to the concept itself. Uh, Brad, I tell you right now that people in Edmonton and Pittsburgh's organizations, they're saying one thing. Just go win the games. Like, I, I appreciate the context of what you're suggesting. Frankly, Pittsburgh's got a better team than Edmonton. They've got a far deeper team. Uh, I mean, you take a look at the what they got up front. The acquisitions that they made at the deadline, they brought in Zucker. Uh, they signed Tanev as a free agent last year at the end of the season. Obviously, they got Crosby and Malcolm. They still have Hornquist. Uh, they got Gunsel back. I mean, they're, they're a much deeper team than the Edmonton Oilers are up front. Um, they got Matt Murray, a guy that's won two Stanley Cups in goal, and they're down 2-1 to one to the Canadians because, you know what, in hockey, anything can happen. That is the nature of the uh, sport. Bob, I want Tyler Benson to get a shot. Local boy has all sorts of potential. It'll be a good time for him to show it. The only question is, I think, come playoff time, I think the one thing that the orders are missing is a little bit of speed. And I don't know if that's... To me, Benson's going to have to work his way up. And I, I, I think he's a little bit behind some other guys. Frankly, I'd prefer, I would prefer seeing one of Haas, Patrick Russell, or uh, Nygaard. Uh, just because they spent the majority of the season here. And I think, that, frankly, all three guys are a little bit quicker at this stage. Sonny in Vancouver says, Bob, why not Haas? He can play the off wing on the fourth line. He can play the PK and hopefully take some right side faceoffs from Sonny in Vancouver. And Haas is signed to an extension uh, for another year, and he has to dramatically improve faceoffs. He was at 42.9% during the regular season. As a right shot, uh, you should be at about 52%. Because there's far more left shot faceoffs uh, specialists out there in the league. Bob, when Zach Cassian's only getting two shifts a period, you're not going to notice him. He needs to play more uh, before those crazy eyes kick in. A, a couple things with Cassian. I think Zach Cassian, more than any other Oiler player, is affected by not having the crowd there. You know, I think Zach feeds off the energy in the building. So I think there's an important distinction there. Number two, if he was playing Calgary, and not Chicago, you wouldn't. There, there's no way you wouldn't notice them because Calgary's got a tough team. Uh, they've run Winnipeg's show 
in the series between Winnipeg and Calgary. So I think he'd have a lot better opportunity uh, to make some noise against the Calgary. And number three, Zach Cassian, the Zach Cassian I know, would be the first to tell you he knew, uh, he knows he needs to be a better player. Uh, the same guy that uh, Steve, who says that the Edmonton media brags too much about the Oilers' uh, stats throughout the year, says, Bob, somebody said Montreal wouldn't win a period. From Steve. Steve, thank you for listening. And you know what? Sometimes you got to admit you're wrong. I can't believe the Canadians are in the position they're in against Pittsburgh. I'm in shock. It's, you know what? I know the show's called Oilers now. It's not that shocking that Edmonton's down 2-1 to Chicago. Chicago's got, you know, they've won three cups. Um, but Montreal, I know Montreal has Carey Price. It's shocking to me that Pittsburgh is down because Pittsburgh has championship pedigree. You know, Sidney Crosby and Jenny Malkin have won three Stanley Cups. Matt Murray has won two Stanley Cups as a goalie. Pittsburgh's deeper than Edmonton is up front. That, to me, is a shock. And, you know, it's been a highly entertaining series. And that's why, you know what? That's why they play. That's why they play. Because it's not done on a spreadsheet. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Brian Burke coming up for Canadian Power Pack when we return on Truculent Thursday. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.